0: Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting, where you can find information about adoption, foster care, parenting a child with a capital letter syndrome, such as ADD, ADHD, FASD, SPD, on the spectrum, etc., and trauma-informed parenting, all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker, but more important than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos with trauma histories and capital letter syndromes. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Trauma-Informed Parenting, a coffee break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to this episode of Trauma-Informed Parenting. I am finishing up my series on FASD, fetal alcohol spectrum disorders for the month of September, which is FASD Awareness Month. Now, this is not an all-inclusive, this is all you need to know. This is my experience. I am not a doctor or psychologist. I am a mom. I do have some trauma-informed training, but what I'm sharing is what I've learned through research and what's worked with my kiddos. Let me just encourage you to find out what works with your own. Now I ended up last week with, I was sharing from my book, how to have peace when your kids are in chaos. And I will make sure I link that, which is through all of my research and trial and error and many, many failures, what was working with my kids and I developed this three-pronged approach. It's not scientific. It's not super detailed. In fact, it needs to actually fit the child, and the three-pronged approach was good nutrition, stay away from the sugar, gluten-free if you can, not for every child, but some children benefit from that, outdoor exercise, and structure. It's pretty simple, and it's an approach that you can alter to fit your child. But from all the research I did on all the different capital letter syndromes, ADD, ADHD, SPD, um, on the spectrum, just, I just have a stack of books and I would take notes and I said last week I even did a Venn diagram, and it was super fun because I love that kind of stuff, where I just drew these circles and wrote down the symptoms or the things that the kiddos deal with, and adults too, myself included, What um, what the overlapping symptoms were in the middle was amazing to me. And that's why I think that even though this is very general, what I'm talking about, it can have exponential benefits for your family, for your kiddos, avoiding the sugar, because what is alcohol? It is sugar. It turns to sugar when it hits the body. And last week I talked about the Monday morning hangover. I just started calling it hangover day. Because my kids would get all this sugar at church and Monday they could do nothing because they were having a sugar hangover. And it mimicked the hangover from drinking alcohol, the headaches, the dehydration, the uh, I've never had myself, I've never been drunk. So I'm only saying this from research, (laughs) but if you have been drunk and you know what that feels like then you know what these kiddos feel like after having sugar, a a sugar hangover. So the next one on the list after nutrition, like I said last week, you know, do some research, find out what works for your kiddos. Obviously we know, I'll just backtrack here for a second, that whole foods or God made foods like fruit, vegetables, fresh things, are going to be better for you and having things with the meats that are just the, the meat instead of chicken nuggets, chicken. And yes, some kids will need to live on chicken nuggets, but get the best chicken you can. I mean, I understand there are, are diversities when it comes to feeding children. You want to get food in them. And my youngest son was born with a cleft palate. So as a toddler, He still hadn't had his second surgery to repair that. So eating was very difficult. So I understand there are diverse needs. And the food processor wasn't my best friend during that season because if it could be processed into a liquid, and I could literally, almost literally, I mean, he just loved the he had this special bottle and he would just pour that down his throat on his own. So anything I could get into that pureed fashion to get more nutrition in him, I did it. So, um, so I understand that there are diverse needs when it comes to eating and nutrition. And some kiddos have the texture and, all, and he had that, all sorts of issues. But as much as possible, make the food nutritious outdoor exercise is what I wanted to talk to talk about children need to run and play outside even teenagers even adults now just you you don't have to run if you're an adult and you don't like to run don't run but you need to move and children with FASD and adults especially Do not need to spend hours in front of a television or a computer screen and they will tell you that they need to play games and that games, you know, um, one of the the things that my son used to say and one of my daughters too, I'm sure I heard it from multiple children, is that uh, that was their stress reliever when they could put it into that many words and it is not i mean scientific studies will tell you that that is not relieving their stress and i was playing some games with my grandkiddos mario kart i'm terrible at that i can drive a real car i can't drive a video game car for for nothing i just can't do it anyway i was playing that multiple players and we're racing and you know and i was laughing so hard at myself because i kept hitting things and they're nini you need to do this and one one of my grandkids pip was just like hit a hit a hit a nini i'm terrible at that but i will tell you after playing with them where while my daughter was fixing us food I mean, I felt like a kiddo. I'm sitting there playing video games and my daughter's fixing us lunch. They started getting angry. And the, the volume level rose between them. You know, you would to do this and do this. So we ended up, my son-in-law came in and said, you need to play a different game. So anyway, and that was just, we were just having fun. That's just, but I am telling you, I have seen broken controllers, broken pieces of furniture, all of those sorts of things, because eventually the anger comes out and there, your body is not moving. It's tensing up. It's sluggish. And the lymph nodes, our lymph nodes have no drainage system. You know that because we are designed to move You have to get up and move and what happens is all those toxins in your lymph nodes begin to build up as you sit too long and you begin to feel yucky and sometimes we think oh my gosh am I getting sick if you've sat too long and you need to get up and move and you can look this up for yourself. You don't need to trust me like I said I am not a doctor but I have studied these things at length and that's one of the reasons that You know, besides the brain, um, many other people talk about this. Um, Dr. Jared Brown, who's going to be a guest on the show, I know that he's done several podcasts on how screen time affects the brain and how it affects the body and how. So there are effects from it. So not too much screen time. And your kiddos will say... Some of them will say, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to do that. Well, you need to make a way that you provide that in the most appealing way. And one of the things that we used to do, and I still do this, do this is take a hike. As you know, pack up everything and go take a hike. And then it's a family thing. And that doesn't mean you have to go five miles or ten miles one of the trails that we used to go to every single week i think some of my kiddos would make it a fourth of a mile because we had the we had to, even though you can look these things up online we had to carry the book with the flower identification the bug identification we had all these little books and usually they ended up in my backpack but it was such a good time for these kids because they're getting outside, they're moving, they're squatting down and examining things, looking things up in books. Getting outdoors in nature has so many benefits for all of us. We need to be out in the sunshine. We need to be out even if it's cloudy. And this is, a, this is something we learned in Poland, which is really cool when we were there the kiddos went outside to play even if it was dark when we were there in December it was getting dark around three in the afternoon and you know it and the kids were getting home from school about 2 2 or 2 30 and um, maybe even earlier than that I would have to look that up don't quote me on that um, but anyway, they would go outside. They would take them all outside, even if it was dark, if it was raining, if it was icy, if it was snowing. And I think in our country, we've gotten a little bit too um, lazy or comfortable. We always want to be the same temperature. We always want to be the same um you know, we want it to be 70 degrees all the time, and we can't go outside if it's, in fact, I rode my bike the other day, and we do live in the mountains, and I know it's, it's September here, but I rode my bike the other day, and I'm telling you, I thought the, the windchill factor was really low even though it was 65 degrees I could just the wind was going right through my yoga pants and stinging me and I just started laughing because I was like you know what it's okay I did this I know I'm going off on a tangent but I'm trying to make a point I did this 75 hard I think it was called this challenge started in January with my daughter where you did Um, Two workouts a day, you monitored your nutrition, but one of the workouts had to be, or I will just call it, for me it was just an activity outside, had to be outside no matter what the weather, no matter what the weather. Because the premise was, yeah, we've gotten too comfortable, we should enjoy the outdoors no matter what. So I was snowshoeing, or sometimes I would just go out on the back deck when it was 29 degrees and, and do some sort of workout. Anyway, so the point is, it's okay to go outside if it's not 70 degrees and sunny. And I think it's good for kids. My boys would get to go down in the woods they had a little camp set up, and they would take things from the kitchen like tea, sugar. Um, they had this anyway. The important thing is to get them outside, and it doesn't have to be perfect weather. The more you go, out, the more that you go outside when it's not perfect weather, the more accustomed and it will become a habit to go outside. Now, if there's some sort of sensory thing with the rain, you know, there's always decisions that you need to make that are best for your child. And if there's, you know, there's sensory things because of the snow and the cold air, yeah, you you have to make those decisions for your child. You can't just say, for instance, I had this friend when she first started homeschooling that she would call me every single day and I love her. She's still a great friend. But she would say, you know, what are we what are we doing today? What do we focus on today? She was just kind of getting into the groove of it. And then she would turn around and tell her children, Well, Kathleen said, don't do that. It's not Kathleen said. It's I listened to this podcast. She gave some good suggestions, but these don't work for our family, and these do. You have to decide. Um so anyway get outdoors form a habit like I said our weekly habit was we went to the same trail every week at the same time and we got all of our little and we still do that I do that with my grandkiddos now get all our little nature books and put them in a in a backpack in fact three of my granddaughters were here a couple weeks ago and we took them to the seven bridges trail which is along the lake, and oh my gosh, we were there for an hour and a half. I would say that 10 minutes of that was walking, and the rest of that was just exploring nature and finding things and climbing on rocks and climbing on tree branches. And just to put into perspective, you know, I read last week that one of the issues that Kids with FASD and I would say other capital letter syndromes struggle with is cause and effect. You know, doing something and understanding what the effect is, if that's not connected in the brain, one of the ways that we can help them with that is to let them experience very, very not dangerous effects. And that doesn't mean that's going to change the brain, it's going to form a habit. So it it is changing the brain, but what I'm saying is because FASD is a brain-based disability, it's not all of a sudden like boom, the executive function is all restored, functioning normally. But if you are out with your kiddos in the woods and they jump from a rock that is six inches high, They do that the next week, and the next week, and the next week, and then they try one that's 18 inches high, and they do that the next week, the next week. Then they're forming that habit, like, oh, I know I can jump off that rock, and I'll be okay, which makes them feel more at ease, more comfortable, more excited to get outdoors and do those things. So um, I, I know that I'm kind of rambling, but all those things are so important. And don't ever say just because your kid says, well, I don't want to go outside. Or your kiddos all say to you, I don't like going outside. Maybe find out what the reason is. Are they struggling with felt safety? I know one of my kiddos had some eye issues and she had to have two surgeries on her eyes. And once she had those surgeries, then her whole perspective, no pun intended, of the outdoors changed but before that she literally had to hold my hand or somebody else's hand when she was outdoors to make her feel secure so whatever you need to do I'm going to finish up with this quote from last child in the woods saving our children from nature deficient deficient disorder yeah I can talk um What are kids missing that soccer and little league cannot provide? Generalized hour-to-hour physical activity is the likely absent ingredient. The physical and emotional exercise that children enjoy when play in nature is more varied and less time-bound than organized sports. So... In this book, which I recommend, I'll link it, he talks about how actually depression, ADHD symptoms, all of these symptoms of these other capital letter syndromes are reduced from playing outdoors, unorganized, unrestricted, like the hikes I was speaking of, those things are actually mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually going to help your children no matter what no matter if they are suffering from symptoms of one of these capital letter syndromes or fasd now when i say suffering from symptoms i'm not like well that uh, you know they're suffering from these symptoms and that makes them this label no that's not what I'm talking about when we are suffering from symptoms of something it's the thing the circumstance that happened to us it is not define us it's not who we are and it's not who your kids are they're valuable they have so many amazing gifts and they're If you're wondering, yes, there is hope. Your kids can thrive. They can. And I'm going to finish up with that. I mean, I just, I don't know. That is so strong in my heart to tell you there is hope. That's something they're struggling with. The frequency and the severity that's really bogging down the whole family is something that is not, it's not the end, it's not the end, there is hope, so thanks for joining me today, and I will see you next week, bye. Thanks for listening to Trauma-Informed Parenting. Make sure you subscribe on TraumaInformedParenting.com to receive a free resource and receive a newsletter plus updates when books or new courses are released. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify and leave a review so other listeners can find Trauma-Informed Parenting and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send me an email to contact at traumainformedparenting.com.